everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Before we get started in today's episode, I just want to put out a trigger warning for this episode, but all the episodes going forward that some topics that are talked about may be triggering to listeners. So just a little PSA to, I guess, listen with and be prepared that some topics may be more sensitive than others. Um, And if something does start to sound triggering, then please click off and move on to something else. Um, But absolutely don't mind. I hope you enjoy the episode and yeah, enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined with Reagan Hutzel. Hi Reagan. Hi, nice to to meet you all. (laughs) Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, all the listeners, I'm meeting you too for the first time. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited. Let's just get straight on into it. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no, well, thank you for coming on. I'm I'm really, yeah, let's go. Um, so how old are you? I'm 21. Okay, same. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> had a, yeah, I've had quite a few 21-year-olds recently, um, which is always, you know, nice. Um, and where, what is, what was your training and where are you currently dancing? I am currently dancing at the Birmingham Royal Ballet in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Um, and I grew up, I trained mostly at local small studios. I started just at a local dance studio when I was four and I stayed there four to 12 and then I moved, um, and danced at another local school. And then I changed and trained somewhere else. And then I had a little bit of an injury and then finished my training Mm -hmm. again at a local studio, um, called Fejo Ballet School. Okay. Um, we'll get more into your training and that whole, like, I guess, like, before professional life um after the quick fire round um what point shoes do you wear i wear suffolk stellar size 62x oh first suffolk on the podcast really I'm yeah not- <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say freeds because everyone's been wearing freeds recently so a lot of people do wear freed i think i've worn a suffolk ever since i was like 13 and it's just stuck mm-hmm. so yeah oh, well there we go um, what is your favorite leotard that you own? My favorite leotard is actually made by a friend of mine. Her name is mm-hmm. Emily Lovedall, and she just makes my two favorite leotards. One's oh. great. What's the brand? So we can plug, plug. Yeah. Her, her Instagram handle is b.by.m. Oh, okay yeah. I'm going to check that out because I do love my leotards and I mean I'm always looking for new brands and new <laughs> yeah, as we all are but yeah we all are she's incredible and she's super sweet and her work is all amazing and you feel beautiful whenever you wear it so oh, that's good that's what we like um what is your favorite choreography that you've either learnt and have performed or you've learned and maybe haven't got to perform but like just your favorite choreography that you've been able to do I think my favorite choreography contemporary work wise, I got the chance to work with Yuri Yanowski over mm-hmm. the summer. I did a little short stint with Festival Ballet of Providence. 
and um, he set his piece same on us as well as like choreographed a new work. Mm-hmm. And I think all of his choreography was like the, those two pieces were some of my two, my two favorite bits of choreography that I've learned from him very work-wise. Nice. And what is your favorite food? Gosh, this is a <laughs> quick fire. This one I could probably talk for 30 minutes about. Um, I think I really do love like any sort of pad thai, like mm-hmm. stir fry. I'm a little bit, I'm allergic to shellfish, so I have to be careful. Okay. But um, I love like Thai noodles or like chocolate cake. Oh, Those are, like- <laughs> I love it. Two, we, yeah, two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. But- so, I, yeah, love a good pad thai. Yes. So good. good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's go into kind of like your dance journey. Um, you know, where you were like, because I know you're from the US, um, if I'm correct. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nailed it. Um, you know, I mean, I know you mentioned you were four. So like that kind of what just what inspired you to start? What are you training in more than one style? Um, and then how did that kind of the first few years, or I guess like up until you decide to you wanted to take it more seriously what were those few years like looking like for you right so I grew up dancing like I said at a local mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. I think what inspired me to start dancing was I actually have two sisters I have an older sister mm-hmm. her name is Rachel and I'm mm-hmm. younger sister her name is Rosalind and we all do ballet wow. and so mm-hmm. my older sister was put in it and I was kind of a little bit of like a studio rat and so okay. yeah I watched all of her classes like crouched by the door uh-huh. Mom, 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 please, please, please let me dance. And so shortly after I was able to be put in dance classes, my mom made me mm-hmm. wait. She was like, you're not ready. You you're can't. not ready to, yeah. Yeah, you're too young. Um, and we did everything. We did like okay. dance competitions, we did tap, jazz, acro. Yeah. Acro. Triple threat, acro. okay. <laughs> um, lyrical, contemporary, we did yep. commissions, we did like all of those like dance moms jazz solos yeah very yeah. comp kid vibe yeah, yeah. but Got we also it. like ygp as well okay. as more intensives as well as red exams wow you did you did everything ticking all the boxes there <laughs> it was like where's the dance checklist let's go through them Literally, all. yeah wow and so i think that's how my dance training started and i feel like i was lucky to have been so like diversified and experienced a lot in a young age because then I think it takes away the fear element as you grow yes. older. Yeah. Um, but at the age of 12, I went away to P&B summer and mm-hmm. think that's where it really got serious. Okay. And I thought for the first time, this is something I really, really want to do mm-hmm. and was able to kind of fall in love with ballet in particular. And then at that mm-hmm. age is when I decided that ballet is something I want to make a career out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there... I moved from that school that I was at to go train with John Magnus, who was um, at Joffrey for ages and and had and was living in Oregon at the time. And so I from Texas to Oregon. I'm from Houston, Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way across the country. Yeah, it's quite far. Yeah, yeah. And I was I lived with a host family, and I was twelve, and I did that for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to the city and I trained with Philip Broomhead, who was a principal at the Royal Ballet, mm-hmm. and then was a principal at Houston Ballet and a ballet master at Houston Ballet as well. Mm-hmm. And then he and another lady kind of, uh, he was a ballet master of a local studio. And so I trained at the Talk of Dance Project is what it's called in the Montrose mm-hmm. area of Houston, Texas. Nice. And I trained with him there mm-hmm. and then at 16 I suffered a major injury I tore my ACL 
And so, yeah, it was in an audition for a summer intensive. Oh, no. <laughs> Grande Allegra to the left, too. Stop. We were, oh. like, literally so close. And so then, that's literally, like, the last thing, pretty much. Yeah. <gasps> but I think we had reverence after that. Oh, my God. Um, no. And so I was out for an entire year. And then after that, I moved studios again just kind of needed to, <laughs> to make a switch mm-hmm. thing and I trained with Lorna Fejo who was a principal at Boston and her husband Nelson Madrigal was a principal at Boston as well mm-hmm. and her sister Lorena Fejo who was a principal at San Francisco Ballet mm-hmm. and they had a studio again in the Houston area and so I finished my like pre-professional training there. Nice that's so interesting um because I think you're the f- also like the first person who's I guess who I've spoken to who's maybe who's dancing in a professional ballet company but their training doesn't include like a professional vocational school yeah. which is I say it's uncommon because maybe isn't as uncommon as we think but no one ever talks about it and like you never like it's always hard to know and you just hear about I mean like for me you might particularly yeah. in the UK you hear about um girls going to like the right. three main schools and yeah. then they're the <laughs> you know how it works um 100%. yeah and so it's kind of I hope this kind of like your journey and yeah. hearing your story like the listeners particularly those who maybe are in the position where they're at the top school or they're in right. at this big name school um that they're still like you know it's still possible like it's not impossible yes. 100%. so what I was think- it Oh, yeah, sorry. You go. Oh, no, keep going. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, um, kind of going back, because you said, like, it's by the sounds of it, you were training privately for the majority yeah. of your training. Yeah. What was that like? And mostly, uh, I guess, in terms of privately, they were all smaller schools. Um, okay. It wasn't like a big name school, but there were yeah. lots of other girls in the class. I think okay, the so it wasn't, I- okay. It wasn't like just me one on one. Okay, I was gonna say I was like, like a one on one for like yo training. I was like, oh, oh gosh, I would imagine? I'm too much an extrovert. I would. That uh, yeah, that's re- I'd find that really difficult too. I think the year that I, the only year that I trained privately, privately was when I was coming back from my ACL. Okay, and yeah. I have a incredible Pilates teacher who is a ballerina with Texas Ballet Theater and Houston Ballet, and she just the most beautiful light and positive mentor and she trained me and kind of helped me get ready to go back to a studio environment mm-hmm. um, my name is Victoria Simo and she is just legendary and she's mm-hmm. the reason why I didn't quit during that year is because she was like nope we're gonna get you back and if once you're back you don't want to dance anymore or you don't feel like this is something you want to do then then you can make that choice yeah I'm not gonna let you quit at a low I like see too much in you and oh that's so good yeah yeah <laughs> So what was it like, I guess, training at one, like, eight, well, yeah, multiple school, like multiple smaller schools? Um, and I don't know, did you ever want to go to a bigger school? Did that, was that ever kind of like a thought? Like, yeah. So actually, <clears throat> I say that my older sister went to a school of American Valley when she was 15. Okay. So the school of american ballet sab beat straight into new york city ballet so i think watching her that was definitely whenever i reached that point um 15 16 
I definitely felt the pressure because I felt like she did that and look where she's at. I think I have to go this route in order to make it professionally. Mm -hmm. And so mentally during that time of also being off on with a major injury. Yeah. Well, I was like looking at somebody who's directly in my family and close to me as well Mm -hmm. as any other friends I'd gone to summer school with. I had to really, I mean, all you can do at that point is stay focused on the track that you're on. Yeah. Because in all reality, the pathway you're on is uniquely purposed for you. And Mm -hmm. I think um, during that time, my faith really, really grounds me. And so Mm -hmm. I had to trust that God, okay, if this is something Mm -hmm. that is going to happen, if this is somewhere you're going to lead me into, then I have to trust that the path that you have me on is perfectly purposed for where you're going to call me to. Mm -hmm. And so in hindsight, looking back on it now, I think if I would have gone to proper like vocational ballet school, I don't think I would have survived it like mentally. Mm-hmm. I think mentally I would have just, <laughs> it would have been, oh, I'm out of here. I think I mean, that extra, those extra few years kind of at home. Mm-hmm. And my little sister had also followed my older sister's footsteps at that point and gone to the school of American ballet as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, it was me and it was my mom and it was my dad, but it gave me the space and time to kind of finish developing and work out a lot of, just Reagan issues. <laughs> yeah. I think I, um, I think I just needed that time to kind of be finished mm-hmm. as a person and a little bit more space and quiet and, and yeah. growing in aspect as well. So, mm. yeah. No, I think that's great because I mean, I don't, I think every kind of country in the way the system, the ballet system works is like slightly different. Um, like I know in the States, like summer intensives are a really big thing and they're long summer intensive. They're not like one or two weeks. But in the UK, like it's not quite the same in terms of like the summer intensives that like UK schools hold. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people going into ballet and deciding like maybe it's the parents thinking oh my kid's going to become a professional ballerina or the kid at 11 is like I want to do this professionally it's like okay what do we do we put them into associates so they get into the Royal Ballet School so they get into the upper school so they've got like there's a route that people follow and I know it will be similar slightly similar all over the world with these little associate programs and things like that people feel like the need to push put their child in that or the child wants to get that because it feels like a guarantee to the next step right And I think it's so interesting to hear how, like, you know, your experience with not going down the, I say, the so-called, like, status quo route that everyone feels they need to go down is that that allowed time for you to grow and you were so focused on your own journey, which is so great because I think so many young dancers get caught up thinking they have to be following either, like, the footsteps of someone they really admire or what their best friend does or what their mum told them to do or it's like we're all growing at different rates like our what we all need is different sometimes that's not what the system provides sometimes it is what the system provides and I think it's yeah it's just really great kind of just you being so open about like the fact you needed time um and I like I feel the same about my experience like I remember I think I auditioned for senior associates which is what like for age 14 to like start that and I didn't get in but I also believe that that's because I wasn't ready and that wasn't the path that I was like meant to go down exactly. so that didn't stop me like I was like okay well I'm gonna spend the next two years I'm gonna work I'm gonna do what I need to do um to then go train full time but like yeah 
it's just it's crazy and it's interesting and it yeah and in those moments you don't always you don't always see it like that so oh, no, exactly. somewhere in terms of in in the states or mm-hmm. um, the equivalent of like getting like you said into associates it's like you see these things happening you're like it's the end of the world <laughs> my, my world is shattered it's broken but then you look back two years later and you're like no that gave me that opportunity mm-hmm. which set me up for that which set me up for that and it's not always the dancer you who needs it sometimes it's like you said the person who needs it so the dancer you can flourish as well yeah exactly so I guess like the message of that is for everyone is that you don't like you try try it's hard like it is hard to kind of not fall into what everyone else seems to be doing um but it's also important to believe that like you're on the right path find some faith somewhere yeah like trust in the journey (laughs) exactly I agree (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's important and I think yeah people need dancers it's great to be more transparent about kind of like the route that gets taken because there is so many routes for everyone yeah there really are and I feel like sometimes it's easy because you see like the traditional path mm-hmm. is always like it seems to be the traditional path because yeah. it's produced the most I guess success stories is that what yeah well like yeah just people the people you hear about you then hear about your yeah. journeys but you don't hear about the other like 80% of dancers and their journeys exactly and the more people you talk to the more you're like oh there are a lot of us who have different yeah. aspects to our stories just a lot of the time they're not out there and so mm-hmm. whenever you go to research when you're in those moments you're like well I wonder if there's somebody who's going mm-hmm. through this too mm-hmm. I think the biggest lie in those moments is to believe that you're alone and that you're not going to make it because you're the only one who's going through that and in all reality there are a bunch of people going through it you're mm-hmm. just not hearing about it so yeah I mean, that was literally me. Like, that's one of the main reasons, like, I started this podcast. Like, I was like, am I the, like, am I the only one? Like, I yeah. feel like I'm the only one who hadn't done associates, who hadn't been to all the summer schools, who didn't go to one of the, like, the big three ballet schools in yeah. the UK. And I just thought, this is going to be, is this going to be impossible? Like, is, like, what's going to happen? Um but yeah I mean it's all fine (laughs) but it's crazy like I just think um so it's like so good to kind of and that's what's been nice is hearing that everyone's story is slightly different whether they went to a school for one year or for two years or they moved schools or they whatever anything like it's great yeah it is yeah (laughs) um so kind of talking about that transition from training well actually going back to your injury because you were out for a year and that's really rough it actually ended up being the hardest I always say this yeah the worst and best year of my entire life okay I live kind of in the suburbs of the Houston area Mm -hmm. and so I think always just going to ballet I was homeschooled my entire life growing up my sisters are my best friends, but at the same time, sometimes you need a little bit of a social group yeah. as well. And I reached the point at the school that I was at, but I kind of just, I didn't have very many people. It was me and my younger sister and we kind of were it for each other. Yeah. And so when she went away to the School of American Ballet mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of injured during that time, I actually got really involved with my church. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to kind of like just be a normal kid for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so incredibly difficult being off of dance, but I think 
throughout that process, getting grounded in my faith during that time was, mm -hmm. has set me up. I, I cannot even, I, there are no words to describe how well it has set me up. Mm -hmm. I think it has been the one thing that has grounded me as a professional and mm -hmm. one constant because in dance, everything is constantly changing i mean one morning you can wake up and by the time you go to bed the cast list and the show can be changed or with yes. covid you might not even have a show anymore yes um literally, so to have, literally everything is always up and all to the air and you need to have something that is grounding you that entire time so have kind of having that dance identity pulled away was a massive shock because as most of you know you start at such a young age and so you kind of build this like I'm a dancer and you like go and even if you have I quote call them normal friends <laughs> friends outside of dance you're the ballerina friend you know and so when you ha I had that ripped away I had to basically figure out this is going to sound really deep and philosophical but I had to kind of figure out who I was outside mm -hmm. of all of that and so I think that part the identity stretch was the hardest um and obviously you're made to dance like if you if you move and you groove and you know that this is what you want to do as a career that's something that will never be taken away and that is something that when you're not moving you miss it so incredibly much and so I miss the artistic part of it obviously and actually moving and doing the things but I think having that taken away gave me space to kind of develop like I said earlier in other aspects and find different loves and I got and passions and I started a bible study and got to have and meet people and um and I built, built relationships during that time and learned things that have truly set me up as a person to handle a career better <laughs> better yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously but yeah that was it, it was hard the recovery process was hard and like you said you don't really hear a whole lot of well, I, I, at that point, I didn't hear a whole lot of like ACL stories, mm. particularly ballet. It's a big soccer or football or, <laughs> or American football yeah. injury, a dance injury. I think I didn't hear a lot of those stories. And so there was a lot of those times where I wasn't sure if it was possible to come mm -hmm. back but I think during that time, had a great support system, learned a lot and and there's nothing like when you get your favorite thing taken away when you can do it again. I think it just completely reinstilled and reignited and reestablished just an incredible mm -hmm. fire and passion for the beautiful art form that we get to do. Yeah, no, that's so great. Um, and uh, injuries are so rough and oh it's <laughs> like, and I think every anyone who's been in an injury that's kind of like, especially like quite long-term, I think, well, obviously all injuries are hard, but long-term injuries are really hard. And yeah, well, it's really great that you got through that and you're, you know, you came out of it a stronger person and a stronger dancer, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, That's the hope. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, you've also would have grown a lot. So <laughs> when did you, when was your injury? 2017, January. Okay. So okay. I for it in a summer intensive audition in January. Mm -hmm. On January 14th, I had surgery on March 2nd of that year. So it's literally like a anniversary. Yeah, yeah, literally today. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. It's been, what, four years now? Wait, is that bad? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, 
yeah, I had surgery on mm-hmm. March the 2nd mm-hmm. of that year. And then I was basically in recovery until January of the following year is mm-hmm. when I started at uh, Fayette Valley School. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any, I guess, like major moments of doubt during your recovery of yeah. your injury? Um, I know you said that you're one of your like very close coaches and mentors really helped you through that. Um, but was there anything else that when you were having those moments that really got you through? I know you talked about your faith and how that's been like such an important like part of your journey and like your development as a dancer and human. Um, but I don't know, like I guess like something that for the list that the listeners can take if they're some if they're out there like struggling with an injury um yeah that's really really good I think it's that's a really really good question like you said my faith was something that really grounded me during that time Mm -hmm. my mom is also absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. um but talking on those doubts I think even now um a lot of people don't know about this but I after Romeo and Juliet closed I the next day in class I tore my meniscus and so we're kind of rewalking and relearning okay. Wait, yeah. mm-hmm. that we we're in it right now. I actually, this week in particular, I, we started jumping some more again. Mm-hmm. And when sometimes when you take steps forward in your recovery, it feels like you're thrust back for months and weeks ago yeah. and you're feeling and experiencing things because sometimes when you take a big leap forward mm-hmm. of growth, there are going to be certain growing pains in those aspects. And so I think this week in particular, I have been clinging to those few Bible verses that have always been there. But yeah. In doubt, yeah. Like I have like a those few that I really <laughs> keep going. Usually like my, my little cross stitch sits on my oh, window. I love it. <laughs> and like gets me through those days mm-hmm. as well as like the entire book that sits on my desk. <laughs> but during those big moments of like this week in particular, so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but Monday and Tuesday, I was back in class doing bar with a company and things were starting to feel really, really good. So I think it's remembering the growth and the progress and sometimes looking back at the very, very beginning of the journey when you're experiencing those hardships and struggles yeah. later on and not looking back at yesterday, but maybe looking back at like three weeks ago mm-hmm. and seeing how far you've come and kind of just taking time to reflect from a different perspective because when you're right in the midst of things sometimes you're too close to see how far you've come Mm -hmm. but when you stand back and kind of say like how would I look at myself from an outside perspective if I were or if I were looking at a close friend in their life what would I tell them right now Mm -hmm. um I think sometimes perspective can be everything it's so easy to take a glass half full perspective on those days that you're really really struggling Mm -hmm. um but I definitely encourage you to Number one, surround yourself with people who will remind you of mm-hmm. the glass half being half full and not yep. empty. I think people can be just having those few solid people to remind you when you're down that like, no, we're not, we're not going to let you stay here. <laughs> yeah, you can cry, but then we're going to help you. Get, we're going to help yeah. get you back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, just for yourself, like giving yourself so much grace, give yourself the grace but also take a step back and see you as you would see a loved one or a loved friend would see you. Um, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I think that's really great advice. And I think we all need reminding of that when we're hard on ourselves and when we're self-critical is just 
yeah like I, I had a really I was talking to one of my close friends like the other day just about like some thoughts I'd been having and she was like oh I just wish like you could see yourself the way like I see you and like it's and it's like oh my god like I yeah like I would never say these things to a friend like I would never say them to someone who I like someone I love and it's like you have to find that for yourself but it's not easy but like you have to try and find it for yourself exactly because sometimes even if it can just be one little thing Mm -hmm. okay okay, that's if that's the one little thing yeah yeah (laughs) Mm. um so after your injury you continue training in ballet but I have like I when I first like started following you and I was like oh my god is she being a rocket were you a rocket yeah, I was. So how how did that happen? I'm very interested. <laughs> that is a wild story. Like I okay, said, go for it. <laughs> um, so everybody, your favorite time of year is about to come around. You know, audition season. We all love. We it love it so yeah. much. Uh-huh. <laughs> favorite time of year. It's yeah. Like- Christmas you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> so audition season came around I came back from my injury mm-hmm. January of 2018 and mm-hmm. I trained that entire one year or like two half some like two yeah call them semesters mm-hmm. um but like spring semester and like fall term mm-hmm. and it was time to audition I was 18 and so there's this um there's something called IABD, which is the International Association of Blacks and Dance. And they're mm-hmm. an organization that um, does a lot for diversity and our wonderful art form. Mm-hmm. But they also put on a conference and festival every January. And at the, at the conference, they have auditions for women of color for wow. summer and for companies. And so That's I was so cool. going to the ballet audition for women of color. Mm-hmm. And... I had flown up a few days early. It's in Dayton, Ohio. So mm-hmm. Texas is at the bottom of the state yeah. uh-huh. for my UK listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ohio's like north. Yeah, it is. It's like Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a vague idea of the states in America, but like yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Sometimes I do too, and I live there. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived there most of my life. It's fine. There's too many <laughs> states. I do. Yes. Kind of vague. Um, and so my mom and I flew up to Dayton, Ohio. It's way too long to drive it. And yeah. we were up there a few days early just to kind of get acclimated and get settled. And they had a summer intensive audition for women of color, uh, I think the day before the ballet audition. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what, I'm here. I love experience. I want to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. So I showed up at the summer intensive audition and I think we started, I was ready for ballet class. We started with African, I think. African wow. and it was like lyrical. And then we did everything on a neoclassical. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So always have black tights, always have socks, always be prepared. Be prepared <laughs> for everything. Mm-hmm. Prepared for everything. You never know when you can show up expecting ballet and do African. Um, and the Rockettes happened to be there. And from that, I got a full scholarship to go to their summer intensive, mm-hmm. which I was like, that is absolutely insane. I mm-hmm. think at the end of the audition, they asked, can anybody tap? And I was like, yeah, I, I can tap. Mm-hmm. Like, All you need to do is how to do a time step. And, oh, easy. And I was like, I got it. I got I it. Got, I got a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, which in hindsight needed way more than a time step. <laughs> but and so between that time and summer, I did every single company audition I could possibly get into mm-hmm. and kind of just closed door after closed door and then there would be a window and then it would, would be closed um 
and and my mom and I kind of did this little like state hopping journey and kind of okay. like everywhere sent my stuff mm-hmm. nothing really kind of came of it but in hindsight looking back like I said it was not where I needed to be with the journey I needed to be on mm-hmm. that god is so good and so that was january to that audition and it's now summer and so sorry my window is really wide open. <laughs> um, i went to the summer intensive for the rockettes and it was only a week long and it was really the only oh. summer plans i had that summer that was a summer i didn't really plan anything and i mm-hmm. ended up having the best summer of my life i went to a bournemouth intensive and then i did wow. the rockettes mm-hmm. and then i went to paris for another bournemouth intensive um and so for the Radio City Rockettes, it was a week-long intensive program, and they train you like they tra- like we trained when I was at Radio City, mm-hmm. so six hours a day for six days a week. And at the end of the week, they put a show on, and they do seven consecutive weeks, but it's more set up like a summer camp where they reset with okay. different kids at the beginning of each week. Yeah. And I did the invitational week, which was week two of the program. And so... By the end of the week, I did the show and I was like, I absolutely love this. I mm-hmm. I wasn't really, um, I kind of just showed up thinking this is going to help my core work. I'm going to be able to have the best straight lines when I get, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I ended up completely falling in love with it. They are just, the environment is just so encouraging and mm-hmm. it's so positive and the Rockettes, who are your teachers and instructors for that week, I just remind, remember feeling so inspired and so empowered by just these powerful women who really just wanted you to do well. And they were hard on you and they gave you corrections. And if your finger was out of line, they would tell you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think pushing myself to do something so different, I just was able to completely fall in love with dance again Mm because I think during audition season it can be easy to feel like deep down when you're getting no after no after no and then for that week even even though it was this needs to be better but I was like okay I'll make it better like it's going to be great but it was it came from just such an inspiring and empowering place and all the other girls were just so kind and encouraging and so from there I decided at the end of the program that I was going to audition for the main company Mm -hmm. and I came back to New York a few months later for the August audition. Mm-hmm. Still had really not any other plans for the next mm-hmm. fall term, and which was a little bit, a little bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, I had kind of like one possible school option mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, like well, I guess this is what I'm going to take, and I'll work up, and maybe they'll see me, and I'll get my chance. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up at the Rockettes audition, and it's a two-day long audition process. They started with 500 girls. By the end of the first day, we were down to 35. Oh and God. by the end of the second day, uh, we were down to 17. And then from there, I think seven of us got hired from that audition. That's amazing. So, <laughs> thanks. It's Congrats. Big, That's rough. It was absolutely insane and looking back on it I'm like wow that that was a lot those are some long days in that audition room yeah Um, and about 10 days later I got the phone call that my dreams had come true and I was going to be a Radio City Rockette so yeah (laughs) that's crazy like that's was that oh I guess also before we go on to actually want to just go back a bit and talk about like what because getting all the no's from auditions and going places and that's really hard and that can really make you think um oh my god like is it ever going to be possible like is this am I like what's going to happen um what 
so how did you kind of I guess like deal with that yeah (laughs) I'm like I'm hearing myself talk and I'm like wow we've been through a lot (laughs) (laughs) pat on the back yeah you got through it that's rough (laughs) um I think like I said again the those things built in that year of injury Mm -hmm. definitely built character Mm -hmm. I think having gone through that injury and that process I think sometimes thinking back on those times of okay what did we learn then we had Mm -hmm. psalm 23 written in our hearts was that like even if we didn't know where we're going to go next that I know that like he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake and so like re-establishing and refixing my eyes on that in those terribly shaky moments Mm -hmm. um faith is a big thing I my mom incredible my dad great support system so mm-hmm. support system I think something that I cannot stress enough and yep. then I'm realizing and just holding firm with faith mm-hmm. to the fact that if this is something that I'm supposed to do that there will be a way made and that mm-hmm. there that God is going to provide in some way and the place that I end up is going to be exactly where I need to be and mm-hmm. that part of the journey and part of the process and yeah it was painful and it was hard <laughs> and it was terribly discouraging at times mm. like lots of tears had in that season but I think always just hoping and believing that the next one was going to come even even if say in those moments where I was like even if nothing comes of this I know that whatever character I'm building during mm-hmm. this time is gonna help me in whatever I'm going to do as an adult yeah 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 no I think that's great advice because it is hard and I know like audition season's coming up again strictly like for Europe and um like the UK and yeah it's scary so sometimes knowing that being on this end of things that it might not like you just might be a little bit too tall or too short or not what they're looking for or they might have a gap that they need to fill and and honestly wherever you end up or wherever you do or do not get into, if you get into somewhere and it is somewhere that you love to be and is your passion, you're the right fit, you're the right person, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible, you know, but if not, and if it's a closed door, then the door that you are going to have open for you is going to be exactly where you need to be and kind of going where you're valued to is super important. I think when you're younger, you can't always, well, I'm still quite young, but <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah. You can't always see that. You can't always see that. Mm-hmm not going somewhere where you're truly valued it's not going to be as incredible as a place where that truly recognizes you and that you're going to fit for it yeah yeah because it can be easy to kind of just go somewhere and not really actually think about well how does this place make me feel do I feel Mm -hmm. safe do I feel supported do I feel nurtured do I feel valued not just as a dancer but as a human do I feel respected like yeah there's so many things that we need to think about because I just yeah and with dance like we're it's so I mean there's been times that I'll, I'll take any job um and I kind of still will take any job to a degree <laughs> um there's so like it yeah. <laughs> it's kind of thinking like mm, am I only going to get one pair of am I do I want to do I want to go work in a place in the middle of nowhere that doesn't even give me point shoes because those yeah. companies exist but I'm like I know I'm worth more than that right like I and I mean we all are no one should be in that situation um but they exist and it's kind of yeah the same it's like are you going to a school where you're getting you know verbally abused on a daily basis is that like what you need 
nope. probably not <laughs> so like <laughs> not worth it <laughs> like don't do that to yourself um I know it's easier said than done but like yeah exactly kind of realizing where you deserve to be yeah. um and that will come in time it will I think that's great like so going back to the Rockettes, because you joined, yeah. you were successful through that grueling audition process, which sounds yeah. horrific. I mean, all New York auditions sound horrific to me. Like I could not think of anything I'd hate more. I kind of want to do one just for the, like the bats though. You should. I just think I need to experience that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of going on to that, what was that season with the Rockettes like? It was, it was absolutely incredible it was truly magical I think it was exactly what I needed at that exact time like I said Radio City just made me fall in love with everything dance I think Mm -hmm. it it showed me that women of all different shapes sizes ages races talents abilities backgrounds varieties can all come together and Mm -hmm. make something truly beautiful and so magical and and so on, I felt like I learned a lot. I was also the youngest. I was 18 wow. and so I got to 18 and there was a really, really wide age range too. So I think it was also cool to see that all the different stages of life that mm-hmm. while making that transition from a student to professional, um, as well as incredibly intense physically, <laughs> we did 102 shows, I think in two months. Yeah. Yeah. that's like 50 shows a month yeah we did up to like 16 shows a week and how long were the shows 90 minutes with no intermission yeah that's intense it was absolutely it was did people get like regularly injured actually they're they're um i guess over here you would call it like physio team yes Mm -hmm. um like they were like our athletic trainers Mm -hmm. Um, but they had such a good AT program, like okay. our physio program here at Birmingham Royal Ballet. I can tell you firsthand after being here for, for the past few months that they are absolutely incredible as well. That's um, good. They're really encouraging and, and inspiring. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like little niggles and stuff come up that a lot mm-hmm. of people work through. Mm-hmm. But I really do feel like it's such a short season. And I think something about that mentally, you know. Okay, Yes you know that it's short and your body can kind of like it kind of holds on and yeah mm-hmm. there are people who go out and, and they'll they'll go out for a while mm-hmm. but we actually didn't have many major major injuries that I witnessed okay a few times I think it's also a pretty like straightforward show to where you're not constantly changing your rep a whole lot okay sometimes your body gets used to a show and then yeah. after that time like it has it's like little safe it has its safe places yeah Mm-hmm. and you're not varying it a whole lot and so that's good yeah varies you kind of like get really set in your body yep. in those ways so your body can do that show and it's it's like perfectly it's shaped yeah. and for that one show um so injury wise I feel like we're actually pretty well taken care of they really do teach you a lot about how to recover okay and constantly put like nutrition is they mm-hmm. between every single show so if you have three shows then they're like on to making sure you know you're fueling properly yeah yeah you're fueling properly and at the end everybody would jump in these like giant ice bath tanks at the end of the day yeah you would ice at the end of the day you would sit in the hot whirlpool to warm up in the morning Mm -hmm. and um 
and so recovery and rest and well you don't have much time to rest but recovery, <laughs> recovery <laughs> yeah you have and nutrition mm-hmm. I think. and then the work environment is really really great and okay. so I think even when you're in the midst of doing something that is incredibly hard to know mm-hmm. you have a whole team of women supporting you and yeah. literally you're not you're not allowed to touch in the cake line but literally holding you up and so mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if you're having a rough day that there were tons of women behind you rallying to like get you through those times so yeah that sounds yeah that sounds great sounds like a really yeah amazing experience like I've always wondered like oh what you know what's it like and especially you know hearing it from someone who's training ballet their whole life and I know you did other styles but like it's interesting because that doesn't happen like you don't hear about that quite a lot at all (laughs) Um, in fact I don't know anyone else (laughs) (laughs) Um, were there many people there that like had trained like when you went there that were like ballet trained at all yeah actually there's this other girl her name was um Sophie Silnicki and she went to San Francisco ballet school okay as well as like she competed at the pre and did oh, YTK growing okay. up mm-hmm. um, and so there was Sophie and then I think other people just did a myriad of different things I mm-hmm. think it was as well like there's one girl who did Moulin Rouge and wow. then did mm-hmm. Radio City and but yeah I think that was from ballet wise off the top of my head mm-hmm. as far as I can remember mm-hmm. Sophie definitely pops up first and then there are other girls who like did ballet but um growing up as well and like yeah. were Radio City Claras and oh, okay them, yes and, yeah and kind of went through their journey that way so mm-hmm. they get that more serious ballet training mm-hmm. but Sophie in particular jumps out because I know her story a little bit more yeah that's yeah that must have been such like a great experience obviously yeah. um so when did that so that was quite a short like contract was it it was just a few months okay and so that was September through January and then COVID hit the U.S. okay so then that's that, that's the start of 2020 yeah yeah okay yeah so what was your like next step in the sense like yeah what what did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? Were you looking at auditioning more internationally? Well, obviously now you're in the UK. Um, did you go back to training? How or like how did you navigate like your decisions for the next step through COVID? Because obviously that's another right. layer of stress. Yeah, I think I came home so mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, my older sister is a dancer at the New York City Ballet. And so mm-hmm. we both had an apartment. We had an apartment in New York together. And oh, so fun. we came home during COVID. And then we like moved our stuff out over the summer and like yeah. got rid of our apartment. We're like, this, this, is, this is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that point, we didn't really know the next step. Mm-hmm. I kind of had planned to like, keep my training up and hopefully mm-hmm. that for the show. But obviously, most things got canceled in 2020 so the Rockheads canceled their season for 2020 okay during that time I went back and I trained at my dance studio locally Mm -hmm. and back in the states and Texas in particular we had like smaller schools and things like local Mm -hmm. ballet schools were doing nutcrackers and so I actually got to go to my studio's nutcracker Mm -hmm. and performing during that entire season which Mm -hmm. was really just such an incredible blessing and so I think during that time, I was just trying to like, just be ready for the next thing that happened. Yes. I got to guest with Houston Contemporary Dance Company, mm-hmm. learn to work by um, Andrew Don Shelley for one of their fall, like November shows. Nice. And I did Nutcracker as well mm-hmm. as a big 
rep with my school back in October. So I kind of had like a performance in October, performance in November. And okay, so yeah. So just like constantly being ready. I didn't know what I was getting ready mm-hmm. for. I really thought it was just to audition for Radio City the next year. Mm-hmm. And January came around and I was actually doing a master class. Um, and we were doing a Q&A and the girl asked, hey, so like, would you ever go back to ballet? You trained in it your whole life. Would, would it be something you'd mm-hmm. be interested in doing ever again? And my answer was, well, if the opportunity comes up and the timing is right, then yeah, I'd be open to it. Mm-hmm. And later on that year, I ended up doing a Zoom audition for Birmingham Royal Ballet. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what came of it, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you applying for other co- companies like outside of the States? No, I wasn't. Okay. So I was li- uh, literally just kind of uh, a whim. Um, mm-hmm. I, my teacher really was like, hey, I think you should do this. And I was like, okay sure I mean I've had so many no's that like what's one more uh, I was kind of expecting a no then um really expecting a yes I had done on a whim I kind of that I think 2020 2021 mm-hmm. I was like everything is so up in the air might as well just kind of say yes and see where it goes mm-hmm. I did a virtual ballot competition mm-hmm. with, like my school was entering some some of their students and I was like yeah, sure. Why not? They had a professional category. And mm-hmm. so I said, yeah, like, why not? All It's just a video. And from that, I got an audition to go audition for a ballet company somewhere. They had seen the video and then mm-hmm. somebody else was like, hey, would you like to audition? We saw your video. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and sure. so that kind of at one point was closed and I was training and I was taking class every day. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something I saw coming. I'd kind of like taken my hands off the ballet wheel. And then Mm -hmm. when that happened, everything kind of just fell into place, which Mm -hmm. I know is so random, especially Mm -hmm. after having the year, the two years back, every single audition and I showed up and I sent my stuff all these places. Um, But like I said, time, I guess, has always been Mm -hmm. time and timing has always been some part of my journey that has been very different, but very needed. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that's how I ended up here. <laughs> that's how you ended up here. That's yeah, it's crazy, but that's so it's nice, kind of, I guess, like reassurance as well that everyone exactly like everyone's journey is different. And yeah, I think it's good to kind of like almost just let the world take control. Like you do you put in the work, you put in the effort, but like you can't control what you know, a director or a company is going to think of you, you can't control who's going to give you the job. Like you can put yourself out there right. and you just have to just let, let that be. Yeah. Yeah. And letting go is something that I find very difficult. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I um, same. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm letting go. My hands are like clenched in fists. <laughs> yeah sometimes you just have to let go and just say okay whatever case or all a little bit which I definitely am like case or all (laughs) yeah no I I really wasn't auditioning anywhere international and Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm so glad I'm here Mm -hmm. so cool yeah how's it been I guess like coming to now like coming to the start of you you know your journey with brb what's that been like i know you did mention you did get injured um after romeo and juliet but i guess like on a whole 
how's it been? <laughs> it's been, it's been such a journey mm-hmm. coming over. It's been, it's been a great experience. I think we're like being around like Carlos Acosta, like mm-hmm. it is just, it is absolutely insane. Like I pinch myself sometimes when I see him in the building, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is, is this real? Am I really doing class? I <laughs> like, like being in the environment that I always like, being a professional ballet dancer is something I never really even there was a certain point that it was like only a dream mm-hmm. and so sometimes waking up and walking into work and saying wow man okay I made it I'm here but mm-hmm. I think on top of that moving moving across the country during a pandemic I didn't really realize at the beginning how much of a transition that would be yes I think moving when I was 18 to New York to do Radio City I was like oh yeah that was a big transition but I had my sister, I was in my same country, I had a phone, I had a bank account. I think um, whenever I moved over here, because of COVID and quarantine and timing, I came by myself and so I, my mom, my sister, nobody from my family was really able to come. Mm-hmm. And so it was a giant transition, jumping from the States to another country, kind of not really having any idea of what it would be like. And, and so, then we were thrust into a restaurant after quarantine. So I think kind of starting a new job, there were so many ups of this is exactly what I have always dreamt of doing and getting mm-hmm. to work with the company and getting to look up to the principals and getting to be in such an inspiring environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, having other aspects of life feel mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit shaky yeah. and a little bit up in the air and, and having things be a bit of a transition and mm-hmm. then shortly after Romeo and Juliet which was so magical like it's it's so cool even when you're just like you're on stage with the Birmingham Royal Ballet for the first time and and dancing such that score is absolutely incredible and I and I got to do Harlot and that was Mm -hmm. insane um and and then I think the day after company class I got injured but during that like I said it has been, it has been a gift actually. There's mm-hmm. been, it's been incredibly hard, but I think for the first time, it actually gave me time to get settled. Over yeah. Yeah. I did a contract, a short contract with Festival Ballet, like I mentioned um, in the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast over the summer. And so mm-hmm. that took up from May to the end of June. And then mm-hmm. I basically just had July to- mm-hmm. To sort yourself out. Yeah, to, to get a flat and I didn't have a visa yet. And oh so applying for a visa during the summer and hoping and praying that things would come through and trying to find a flat and coordinating with my incredible flatmate, Hannah Martin, which you don't know where to go check her out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and meeting her for the first time and, and all of those things that had kind of just been up in the air for so long and then finally clicked into place and then it was go time mm-hmm. but finally to have a little bit of time to step back and really get settled here for the first time has been yeah the injury has been quite it's taken its emotional it's role. taken it's a up and down okay yeah yeah it, it, I feel like injuries they kind of always do and, and it's uh, yeah. kind of always like a little bit of an uphill but sometimes even when you're going uphill you take a little dips you take yeah it. exactly so um, but having time to get settled, really, really settled mm-hmm. Coming back after Christmas, I was able to go home for mm-hmm. Christmas because our shows got canceled, which was yeah. heartbreaking, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, coming back over here and realizing for the first time that I was coming back to home away from home, mm-hmm. 
really comforting and calming and stepping back from this new year I was like okay we've come a long way and like I said you have to look back at the beginning of the journey and see how far you've come and it can be it can be enough to inspire you to finish it you mm-hmm. know yeah yeah that's been it so far that's, yeah that's so great um and oh yeah I mean it sounds like it's crazy because like you're literally yeah you're doing kind of what you've always like worked towards and it's really obviously nice to hear um and I'm so glad that like I guess you've had a good kind of yeah like you've enjoyed being in the UK yeah I love it. <laughs> had a good like you've got into why can't I speak um like you fitted in quite well to like everything which and like you every yeah you're flat the company that's which is really great and I will say living with Hannah has been mm-hmm. absolutely incredible and I think that's helped make the transition okay that's that, so good like I said, sometimes you just I got so so lucky to mm-hmm. have just an incredible almost like sister away mm-hmm. from home that's in, in yeah. reality and she she's amazing and I think that helped a lot too to kind mm-hmm. of have to establish a little bit of family over here and we got yeah. to our church and yeah. And we get to we go to church together on the weekends. And you have somebody in the company who has your back no matter what and can Mm -hmm. kind of when you're having a hard day and yeah, you wisdom and encouragement. Yeah, we all need that. Yeah, that sounds (laughs) it's really good that you found that because I think when you're about like when you're making such a big move, not only just like actually physical move, but like you're making a big move in your life stuff like the people like who's going to be around me like you're so used to having especially if you're used to having a good support system like close by it can be really scary to leave that yeah um and you don't know who you're going to meet moving to a new country moving to a job you don't know what the people are going to be like you I mean I'm sure like obviously you would have like sorted it all out before you move but like you can never (laughs) it's hard to like one would think you would have sorted it out I think (laughs) said yes and jumped on <laughs> sure. in all reality I was like yeah sure I'll go and then I showed up and I was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh bless that's crazy um yeah I think that's like we've covered everything um I think you're this has been so fun yeah no I've really enjoyed having you on and I think the listeners would have really enjoyed well have enjoyed the episode um <laughs> before we wrap up do you have any yeah. last words um yeah any words of wisdom Ooh, words of wisdom well I guess I would say goodness gracious thinking I think if you are looking at yourself just be confident in who you are you really are enough um and you bring something that is so unique and so valued and even if you feel like others aren't seeing the value in you right now keep keep being true to you and that kind of sounds very cliche and very vague but you really are the only you out there um and people can see that and I think it's it's so valuable and you're you're one in a million so believe in yourself I know that sounds super cliche it really really all it kind of does and it's easy to kind of hear words all the time and see them as cliche but it's true yeah um, be who you are brave strong and creative and courageous because mm-hmm. um, you truly are created for such a time as this so yeah <laughs> that's great that's great thank you so much Reagan um where can the listeners find you if like on 
social media on instagram wherever if they want to give you a follow and check you out <laughs> find me on instagram it's just my name reagan r-e-g-a-n hutzel h-u-t-s-e-l-l and and that's where you can find me or you can find me sneaking around the back of hannah's vlogs <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i've seen a few of hannah's vlogs <laughs> you can see a lot of like random zoom-ins of my expressions <laughs> oh that's funny um yeah okay well that was great um thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you so much for being so open really enjoy this conversation so thank you um and yeah no worries and thank you <laughs> listeners for tuning in um to another episode of the hardcore podcast same time same time same day next week <laughs> bye bye